Boom, New Age, episode, I think, nine. Um, Mesh, how you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you, sir? Good. Uh, funny story. I'm at the gym the other day, walking out, just got my workout done, and I see this guy thinking he can just join my gym without permission. So welcome to EOS, Mesh. Thank you. How do you say it? Is it EOS? I don't know. I just EOS? say EOS. Yeah. But shout out EOS. It's a good gym. It's clean. It's like a smaller Vasa. And I it's like a it. better one. It's you know a lot of people like I was mentioning compared it to Vasa, but it's a lot better in my opinion. The the weights are new, cleaner. I mean, well, obviously, I mean, yeah. It's just basically like a rebirthed Vasa. I think they just maintain better. it better. It's also smaller, so it's probably easier to maintain. And if you go at the right time, bro, there's way less like muscle heads like being annoying, you know. Like there's that would be guys. I thought that was the whole point of the gym was to be able to to go and look at the mirror and (laughs) seriously though, but um, yeah we got a couple things to talk about today. Um, Utah had their opening football game against Weber State. Um, I had a football game I coached last night, a high school game which was pretty wild, which I will go into. And then other than that, still some political tension. We got Biden's approval rating nose diving right now. I, I think that's a that's a that's a hot I, spot right there. Um, that's a nice word to use. No yeah. dive. I mean, it's is it not accurate? <laughs> but uh, we'll start with Utah. I um, uh, so good game. They could have played a lot better, and I they all know that. I watched the press conference after. Um, Weber's a good team, though. Like they're a very good team for FCS. Uh, very good team for the Big Sky. Like they're. They're not a team to like joke around with. I have a buddy who played at Weber. Um, I think he's done. I'm actually not sure if he's still playing there now. But um, uh, no, Weber's a good team. But Utah, I mean, drop touchdown passes, multiple mistakes that they need to just clean up. Other than that, though, like closeout was forty to seventeen. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Yeah, and they were. I mean, Weber took a kick to the house at the beginning of the game. What are we ranked at right now? We were twenty four at the beginning of the year. I don't know if we're going to go up at all. We're probably not really going to go up after this game because it wasn't really a big-time team we faced. Um, but great games today. Alabama plays Miami. Um, uh, and Clemson plays Georgia tonight. So, but Big games. Other big than games. that, um, what I wanted to just go into. I got Clemson going against Georgia, too. I got Clemson all the way. Probably. And probably Alabama's going to win. but Well, I mean, Bama's looking very, very strong this year. Well, listen to this. So Miami um, Miami went 8-3 and three last year, and they're returning 18 starters. 18 out of 22 starters. So they're a good team. Alabama's obviously a powerhouse, but I'm going to take Alabama in this game. But Miami, and they have a, um, their, their quarterback is very mobile. He can run. He can throw. He can do. He can do a lot of things. So I think it'll be a little bit closer than maybe um, some would expect. Clemson's got eleven returning senior, uh, returning uh, starters from last year. Eleven. Okay. Which is that's that's pretty standard um, with football with college football. Um, you know, you lose about twenty five percent of your team every year, being seniors, transfers, stuff like that. Um, Bama's gonna only have about three or four. Starters? Is that just on offense? Returning, it says. That's pre- I think that's just on offense. On offense, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but other than that, no, great games. 
Um, I'm excited to watch. But about Utah, so um, I got a lot of buddies on that team. Um, and I think they have a lot of potential to be a very good offense this year. Their receivers got to catch the football. There were drop passes, I mean, like I said. and Charlie Brewer played really well, I think. He did. No, he did. Because he, f- he was a starter at Baylor, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. Is that correct? Yep. When did he come here? Um, Just over the offseason? Pretty sure this was his first year. Yeah, this is his first year here. He's a stud, man. He's he's. I mean, he's had great poise in the pocket. He he stood in there with confidence. He did he did a great job. Um, I think I think our receivers got to perform a little better defensively. Um, defensively was good. Still things to clean up. Secondary. Tavian Thomas played really well too. Our running back. Mm-hmm. He he carried the ball for. Let's take a look at the stats here. 12 times for over 100 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah, no, yeah, he had he had a great game. Um, tight ends played well. Um, tight ends had had a couple couple touchdown pass, couple, oh my god, t- touchdown catches. Um, other than that, like my pre pre whatever of Utah is, you know, could be a very good team. Just got to clean the stuff up. Yeah, totally. They could they could be Pac-12 contenders. Well, it's like little things too. It's like. Um... There was the kickoff return. It was like 100 yards. The dude, like, after his first two cuts, he juked out, like, a couple players. And then after that, he was gone. Was that, dude's a good, that, that dude's a good kick returner. So that's his sixth kick return for a touchdown in his career. He's a, he's a good – and, I mean, for those of you who don't understand football, like, kick returning's hard. You know, you got 11 guys full speed running Yeah, like you. 22 guys, basically, because if you don't ram up your... Yeah, no, exactly. Ball. Like, it. so, no, that, 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 dude's, that dude's a good returner. We, we also have Covey returning. Um, Covey's, Covey's quick, you know, very good player. Um, I was really good friends with Covey back when I was playing. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not really worried about Utah football this year. I'm just... Who do you see the top dogs competing, or Utah competing with which top dogs? Who who would you like to see? Like who who do I compare them well with this year? Who who would you say? Hey, that's going to be a fun matchup to watch. Okay, um, in the Pac-12 or just whenever or uh, any conference. Let, let's go for wherever right now, and then we'll go specifically Pac-12. I think Texas. If Utah pulls their stuff together, Texas. Again, like so, um, two years ago when we played Texas in the Alamo Bowl, didn't you know? Obviously, they 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 beat us pretty bad, but I think Texas would be a good team. Um, that Utah like would that be a good matchup? Um, I'm curious to see how BYU. So they play BYU this next week, festival mm-hmm. weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious again. To see how, again, festival. Everybody festival. be there. <laughs> Please go. It's going to be a lot of fun. Public service announcement. Dancing. There's going to be food. There's going to be pop. I think public dancing after Mesh is going to be there. There will be Mesh. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, I'm curious to see how BYU is going to do. Because Zach yeah. Wilson's gone. He got drafted. Yep. Yep. I'm very curious. Well, to they see had how... a lot of ride on him. They had mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. They basically BYU for even though they have been very strong and they pull a lot of components from different areas. In my opinion, they they put a lot of chips on it. Yeah. Just that offensive element. Yeah, yeah. And actually, funny story about Zach Wilson. So we're the same age, right? He, he, his family grew up near me. Yeah, yeah nice I went to a nice camp family. with him when we were like 10 years old. 
and we were the only two quarterbacks there. I switched to receiver. You were a quarterback, huh? I, I was. So up until up until high school, um, I played quarterback, and then I switched to receiver in high school because I was like, well, I wasn't starting, and I wanted to get in the game, so I was like, I'll just play some receiver. Yeah. Did well there, and then I played receiver in the college. But, um, no, Zach, I mean, kid cares about football like crazy. He's got a great arm, um, and his dad and my dad – uh, knew each other a little bit and I don't think he remembers me because I like I mean we were literally like 10 years old but um yeah we 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 did go to a, a camp I think it was the University of Utah like little league camp so um that's kind of funny but other than that um football wise we got the opening season of the or opening week of the NFL next week my Cowboys play Tampa Bay which I don't know how that's gonna go we'll see well Cowboys are reformed too Got some new, they got some new energy in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what they have to do. I mean, Dak, assuming Dak Prescott's going to stay healthy. Um, yeah, we'll see. But dude, I got to tell you about what happened last night. Oh boy. So. Oh boy. We played Bountiful last night. Okay. So I coach, I coach at Skyline. Coach, I coach the receivers there. Um, I played Bountiful, and they're a good team. Bountiful's, they're a solid team, but. In my opinion, we we had more talent, right? So we go out, and um, not gonna lie, sorry if any of the boys hear this, played terrible. And I told them this, you know, played terrible in the first half, terrible. It was like seventeen to three at halftime. Okay, we're losing. Oh boy, seventeen to three. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys' offense wasn't working. Well, it sounds Bro, like offense, was. defense. Well, defense was actually our defense is pretty solid. Like it was kind of our offense, like kind of screwing us up a lot. Um. But whatever, that's besides the point. Come back out. Um, halftime, I got I got a little heated at halftime. Said some words, got them kind of fired back up. I was like trying my best, you know. Come back out. Bountiful scores again. At some point, it's thirty to ten. Okay. Thirty to ten. Thirty to ten. Okay. So then we throw it to one of our receivers. Goes downfield. Takes it to the five. We pound it in and score. Okay. Thirty to seventeen. Then. Um. Uh, we we stop their offense. Okay, we shut them out. Get the ball back. We go down and score again. Okay, so it's thirty to twenty four. I don't know what happened. They found some fire under them, and I was super happy. Right? It's thirty to twenty four with three minutes left in the game. Oh wow! We kick an onside kick mm-hmm. and we recover it. <laughs> we recovered the onside kick with three minutes left. What are the chances of that? How su- successful have you guys been with the onside kicks? Not at all. Very. And we actually switched it, so like um, we're we're actually kicking off deep now. We're punting the ball now, um, and it, it it it's it's you know I, I get the concept, but um, it, it the punting helps our, our defense a little more, puts us puts them in a little bit better position. Um, so like it, it's been good the past two games we've been doing this, um, but so onside kick we we recover it, um, then we go down and score. Right with like a minute something, okay. It was like a minute twenty-seven, and we're up by one. We came back. We came back. Um, tw- we came back from twenty points, and it's thirty-one to thirty now. Okay. Then they drive down the field. They throw a touchdown pass. Fifty-two seconds left. They throw a touchdown pass. So no, they're up thirty-six to thirty-one. 
okay? We're like, okay, let's keep our composure. Let's just do our thing, you know? Throws the ball up. Uh, we, we, we get on offense. We throw a deep ball down the sideline. One of our receivers high points, it grabs it. It was beautiful, okay? We do another one down to the five-yard line. There's like 14 seconds left. Throw a touchdown pass. There's like 10 seconds left or something, okay? So now we're up, and there's there's still a little bit of time, and, and you know, our, our sideline's going nuts, and I'm trying to tell the guys, like, guys, there's time left, okay? There's time left. Football is a weird game. Mm-hmm. Things can happen at any second. So we kick it off down to them, and... Uh, Touchback, right? So there's like there's like 14 seconds or 10 seconds or something left. So do you know what hook and ladder is? I'm that's exactly what I'm thinking in my head, right? I'm like they're gonna run a hook and ladder. It's the 100%. last. It's the last play of the game, right? It's it, one of the most like go to. Well, it's a typical high it's school. A standard. Yeah. It's a standard high school last play of the game because it's very like a lot of high schools do that. My we it's did a that. Lob. Yeah, my high school did yeah. that. So we throw it. They they perfectly execute the hook and ladder. Their kid's running down the sideline. It looks like he's about to score. Our safety comes out of nowhere. Nails him. Fumbles the football. We recover a game over. Hmm. We won 38 to 36. Dude, wow. it was crazy. I was so proud of the boys. I told them, like, like, if we can do that for four quarters, that did not have to be the final score. Yeah, for real. We could, I mean, it could. I mean, honestly, yeah. like, I was looking wow. at We could have wiped the floor, like, 42 to 14. We what a safety or DV come through! Uh, we it, it was it was beautiful, and I'm I was just I was I was happy for them. All in all, you know, it's my first year coaching. I'm I'm still figuring stuff out. Um, I just want to share with them like what I learned, you know. And would you ever take up coaching in like soccer or something? I used to coach. I used to coach a little bit of soccer, and uh, maybe. Yeah. Just don't have the time right now to do it. It's very rewarding. It is very rewarding. When when something when when it goes your way and like and things start clicking. I'll put it this way. If I with my soccer IQ, like I'm this is not me trying to be cocky, this is just me confident in my own abilities. With my soccer IQ, give me a team and I don't even want an older team. I want like fourteen year olds. Yeah. That's the prime age. That's that's when they're active. They're very, very they're becoming tough. Mm-hmm. They're learning about slide tackling. You know, it's actually interesting. Look at young players play soccer, and you can like refer to football in its own you know criteria. But if you look at young players play soccer, there's almost no slide tackling. There's almost no body to body contact. Mm-hmm. There's almost zero verbiage. Right? I want lines on the field. That's what I always try and say. You know, and so I remember when I was younger and playing, I had a coach that always told me, if you, it's better to always have 11 leaders on the field than have one captain on the field. Yeah. And that always resonated with me because, you know, <laughs> everybody, you know, you look up to your captain. I was a captain for many years, not only on a club level, but for high school too, and that was a lot of fun. Yeah. But uh, when you're captain, you have a responsibility to uh, look after your teammates. Yeah. To look after the team as almost like a coach role too. You know yeah. what I mean, and um, especially in especially in club soccer, I know high school soccer whole nother realm too. But in club soccer, it can be very rewarding because club soccer is very hard. Yeah. Very yeah. hard. No coaching. I mean, I I'm really enjoying it. I'm I'm just I'm enjoying sharing like my knowledge and I'm enjoying like the kids. 
it's nice when they look up to you and they respect you as a coach and they kind of like they understand like okay like i've been there before i've, I've you know i've run i've ran the gauntlet i've played at a very high level myself we like, get on that level not yeah. bragging but i've played at a very high level like i know i know like you know i know some things and when they understand that and then they they apply it Makes and you better. see them, yeah. You see them be successful with it. You're just like, man, that's that's just awesome. Yeah. And I, I mean, I hope. I think some of these kids I'm coaching right now can definitely play the next level. Totally. We've got some studs on our team, so I'm, I'm excited for them. Um, but. Yeah, I. Other than that, like, it's going well, and. Um, I, uh, I'm excited for honestly just the football season to start. Um, yeah, I think it'll take a lot of uh, headache away from the recent like BS that we've been dealing with too. What do you mean? I don't know. I just feel like uh, football is one of those things. Like, I think football is one of those things that sit down, have a beer, relax, you know, or a Coca Cola. Yeah, Maybe. that's why last some year... family, friends, whatever. Just sit down and relax, watch football. Yeah, know? that's why, like, last year with all the politics being brought into it, I'm kind of... Look. It was too much. Believe what you want, but I'm just like, look, don't bring it into sports, you know? Because people watch sports solely to, like, get away from that. Not solely, but because they like sports. But people watch sports because they, they don't want to turn the news on and see politics, you know? Yeah. And I get it, like, some, like, support what you want outside of you know, outside the game. And, um, that goes both ways though, too, because totally. I know that athletes have a huge play in that and like, it's a repercussion that the industry has oh, yeah. to take. So well, remember we, we talked about this with that day. Yeah. Right. With the yeah, LeBron and yeah. different scenarios and cap. Yeah. I mean, and you know what the thing is, honestly, at the end of the day, I feel like even if taking it down to the most simplified concept, right? As a worker, let's say a worker in a factory, okay? A worker in a pencil factory putting the lead in the pencil before it goes to the next step, okay? Mm -hmm. If he starts trying to do that next step, and then he starts trying to add the eraser to the end of it, yeah. and starts to clamp it together, and starts to package it, and he wants to even sell it, and he wants to market it, he wants to even utilize it, it's not going to work, right? Mm -hmm. It's too much. It's an overload. It's a general like philosophy that that worker will be in that position, and as long as he does the very best that he can, the entire process will run smoothly, mm -hmm. right? That each system link yeah. will be a smooth process. Now you can take that to the highest level of, you know, athletes and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But point being is, athletes are athletes, right? You're supposed to entertain us in the sense of your craft of sport, right? Mm -hmm. Like no BS, but LeBron James could like totally retire from basketball. And go join like a football team. I bet you an NFL team would buy him. I bet you. Probably. I I'm, bet you. Yeah. You know, he's an overall athlete, right? Yeah. So it's like, but he's a dynamic basketball player. He's a ball, he's a basketball player. That's what he does. That's what he's been born into, shaped into, et cetera, et cetera, right? Yeah. That's his craft. Yeah. So let's just stick to that. Play basketball. You have a huge role. I know that the argument comes in the sense of, oh, well, if you have a, if you're a, you know, a person of power with, you know, uh, money and, and status and have, you can, you know, rally people together in a certain way with a cause and different things like that. Do it in a good way. Yeah, absolutely. But it's going to be a very, very hard line 
to not fall on the left or on the right, and that's not a political terminology. It's just not yeah. you know get der- derived off of your path because you're trying to you're not just trying to be an athlete and perform for your team, do what's best for your team. You're just, oh hey, well this is going on too, mm-hmm. and this is going on too, and I saw this on the media, and I saw this about me, or, you know. Yeah. So I get that that all plays a role, but going back to it. Man, I'm excited for football to start. Football is something over the last couple of years that's been dying out, especially in the realm of this. The last two years, especially three years, in the realm of that political BS with Cap and 49ers. and just a lot of back and forth, man. It's just, we just want to watch football at peace, right? Yeah. No, that's why I'm excited about today. I'm going to go home and immediately turn the Alabama-Miami game on. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, but... Other than that, um, talking about politics, though, of course we have to. Yeah, we'll make that transition right now. That's a good point. <laughs> um, talking about, uh, yeah. There's where do you want to start, man? Where do you want to start? I mean, we've talked about a, a whole splurge of uh, issues. Um, yep. Afghanistan's still dude, very could, sad. I mean, you know, I saw the, you see those videos of the people like hanging from the helicopters. Um, and we talked about they're, that. They're yeah. clearly doing that to promote their power be like look at us whatever you got biden's uh declining approval rating and um you got heavy heavy floods and mm-hmm. storms heavy storms hurricane flash floods hurricane ida just hit uh, i thought we already had a hurricane named ida. a lot of i don't know was i wrong maybe it's the sister it's the twin no but like i um are we really shocked about biden's declining approval rating like say what you want but like i'm just like we elect this guy who was, you know, stuttering his speech. We're acting like he's a like this, you know, savior from Donald Trump. And then he comes in, and we're like, "Let me just put it this way: It's getting a lot harder to for, hide it." No, no, not even that. It's getting a lot, a lot harder for the left and Democrats in general to stand up and support him. That's the problem. Yeah. When you have key, because this is, listen, this is 100% politics. This is 100% politics. And when you have literally the Dan Crenshaw, Texas congressman, no, I mean, yeah. very, very informed, very educated, enjoy 99.9% of what he's got to say. He came out with the Republican coalition. He said, hey, listen, the Dems want this too, you know? Like, there's Democrats that will support these next bills, you know, that we want to pass. Basically, essentially, it's saying they want three things. They want, one, accountability from the Biden administration and to get those bad policy enactment and, you know, steps reversed. Two, we messed up the situation in Afghanistan. We got to go back there and fix it. Yeah. Okay. Does not mean we have to be there for 20 more years. We just literally have to go back in. Fix the effed up situation, mm. okay? Clear out the region if we, if possible. Bring in new allies. Why don't we bring the British and the French in more, right? Mm. Let them run that stuff. Yeah. You know why not? Don't let don't let Russians have the the Russians and the Chinese have such a majority influence in that region. It's like we keep getting pushed back. Use our allies. Push them up front. Anyways, and the last one being, very simply, that. 13 of our U.S. soldiers were lost there, okay? 
they will not Third die in vain, and they will never. No soldier will ever die in vain. Yeah. But they were lost there because this administration, the American people, have not forgotten him. We have not forgotten him. We keep talking about him for a reason. Okay. Mm-hmm. But the administration, unfortunately, they're trying to coat it over. You know, put a blanket over it. We move on to the next thing. And I don't think it's going to last them well. I'm very intrigued, I, more than anything, well, to I'm, see what's going to happen. Dude, the thing I'm confused about in the next couple of years. Obviously, Biden's not like totally there with, you know, like you just hear when he speaks, right? Regardless of what you think, like um, left, right, whatever. When we have a president going up to, to give a, like a, a speech or to let, you know, the country know what's going on. And when I see Joe Biden walk up there and be like, like literally forget what he's saying. He goes up and he's literally like, uh, uh, I don't know. He's checking his note cards. So that's why he's Well, yeah, I know. And, Cause here's and the I'm thing just though. like, is this, is this the best we have to offer? No, no, this is the that's point, That's the though. sad part, dude. Whatever is happening right now, they're trying to mask it with him. I want to understand who's writing the note cards. What's on those note cards? What does it say to not say? You, you, you understand yeah. what I'm saying? Well, that, that, that begs the question, is he even making any decisions? No. Because if he's reading off these yes, notes, no, if you understand is he making, is, well, is he? What, like, yes at all? Is he making any decisions? Dude, I'm, I'm, if we're, what are we, eight months, in, nine months into his presidency, and we have this big of a shithole, sorry, but like gas, Afghanistan, border crisis, um, not only conflict. talking about the 90% of the domestic issues that arise within our country. We still have riots and issues in Portland. We still have domestic turmoil over the pipelines being shut down. People are looking for work. People are struggling because of COVID. The Delta variant is coming around. Go get vaccinated, people. Okay, this is not a mask issue. It's not a politics issue. Get vaccinated. If you don't want to get vaccinated, don't get vaccinated. No problem, okay? But it's a matter if you're sitting around and like, oh, this conspiracy theory told me this, and this is how I feel about this. That's, that pisses me off my, too. My arm's gonna turn blue. Yeah, get out of here. You I know? know, I have no. It's a matter of choice. Put I have aside no and stick to it. problem good. with the vaccine <laughs> whatsoever. But I think it's fair if you do not want to get vaccinated. Don't get vaccinated. It's a free country. Don't. That's and if a, you and yeah. if people don't get vaccinated and you are vaccinated, don't <laughs> harp on them about yeah, getting vaccinated. Who cares? It's you not know, a luxury, you know what I mean? It, it's more like, you know, just, you know, if you're vaccinated, cool, you did your part. You know what I think the biggest turmoil is? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, this turns back to almost totalitarian governments and, and leaderships that we've learned about in a couple of classes that we've taken similarly, but yeah. a, as well as other ones. I wish but, we had a class again. We would just mess around uh, so much. <laughs> <laughs> but it kind of goes back to this concept. We have a ideal-based democracy, right? But how democratic is our system? How free is our system? Do we just pretend we know that we're free? Do we just act like we're free, but not actually are free? You know, so what's the root of it, right? But going back to it, I think the turmoil starts when me and you, when we start hitting each other in the head, when neighbors, community, we start within each other, and that's where the problem lies. Because people need to literally just stay the F out of each other's businesses. Okay. So let me make this no, point. Yeah, real finish, quick. Yeah. Look out for your neighbors. Who cares if they're black, white, brown? Does not matter. Be a good human being. When you do something from the bottom of your heart with good intent, mm-hmm. everything will work out. History has shown that. If you don't want to base it off of religion or ideals or uh, uh, politics or 
any of that type of, you know, confined BS, base it off history. History has taught us a lot, okay? And you know what the biggest thing that history has taught us? That when neighbors start to mess with each other and start to hate on each other, that's when real turmoil within a country will erupt. That's when stuff like, you know, going back to uh, wars and, and, and proxies and different things of that nature, okay? So let me ask you, where's the tipping point? Because that was going to be my follow-up. Well, here, like, because I heard about, um, you know, the Vietnam War and how Second, divided yeah. the country was then. And then you hear about, you know, we even had the Civil War 100 whatever years ago, um, 150 years ago. You know, how, how politically divided were we then? So where is the tipping point? How long how long can we go with this? Um... So list of the American like the major wars that we've ever been in. Okay, it's going back about three hundred years. Okay, Revolutionary War, right? Yeah, seventy five to eighty three. War of eighteen twelve. Mm-hmm. Mexican American War, the Civil War, Spanish American War, World War One, World War Two, Korean War, Vietnam, Vietnam, Afghanistan. Hold on. It's loaded. Oh, Cold War. Uh, or does that count? Huh? The Cold War count? Yeah, Cold War is very significant. But it wasn't like a... Sorry, after Korean War, it froze up. Vietnam War. Gulf War. Gulf War was with Iraq, Kuwait. Right? War in Afghanistan. Iraq War. Right? Iraq War is, quote-unquote, the last war that we've entered, etc., etc. But, uh... So that that leading to my question, like where is the tipping point? How long can we have this political divide before the country actually blows up? Because you what you said actually kind of kind of stuck with me about are we just pretending that we're this like free country that has oh yeah, we just have these liberties and blah blah blah. But if we're so politically divided where we can't agree because I can't even go to breakfast with some family members without them telling me I'm wrong about something. Here's this you know, is what I want to uh, family point out members. Real quick, and look what happens real quick. Look what happens in the Korean War. If we break out into civil war, you have brothers on the each side of the border. I'm not saying that's going to happen with my family, but I'm just like this is where it all starts. Yeah, right? exactly. Exactly. You have the brothers there. You have a brother in the south, you have a brother in the north staring at each other across the border and saying and one of them saying I'm free and the other one saying I'm no, not. Yeah. You know. I think we also need to make a distinction because a lot of people that are probably listening right now are like, what the heck are they talking about? Probably. This is Sorry. not on a local level. We're talking about a socioeconomic and geopolitical sphere of influence that dictates how the world evolves. We're talking about countries' powers. We're not, we're not talking about freedom at my level. I am free as can be. I am so blessed to live in this country. This is the, I always repeat this. And you've heard me say this so many times. I'm an American. Yeah. Uh, one of the biggest things that I literally, literally, even though I don't get on my knees and pray for it every day, which I should, but every morning when I wake up, I am free. And that's one of the, you can go where you wish. You can go put gas in your car. You can drive to where you want. You pick some food out. You can pick up you food. Watch. Watch a game with a buddy. Let me put it this way. Go to a, a, woman, a bar at night. A woman in Iran, okay, or in Saudi Arabia. Now, the, the laws are changing because the Saudis have a pact with the Westerns. But anyways, in Iran, okay, 1971. One? Pre-revolution oh, before okay. the Shah. 71, 
we made a new pact with Britain and the U.S. for oil embargoes, okay? We were sending them oil. They were giving us lavish money. We had Louis Vuitton, all of these boutiques, etc., etc. I don't know if Louis Vuitton specifically. I'm just saying. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Uh, number one restaurants, number one shops, McDonald's, Burger King, all of these U.S. Western-backed, powerful, influence, influential companies were coming to Iran. They were investing. Okay? They were putting their money in. Okay? Women, they didn't wear headscarves. Yeah. They dressed normal. The Iranian women dressed like American women. They had swimming pools. Yeah. They wore two top pieces or one top swimsuits. My dad talked about this, yeah. 79, revolution. After that, with the new ayatollahs and the mullahs in power, if a woman is seen in the streets, regardless of it, before the police officer, which they call them religious police, gets even to her to ask her, did your husband allow you to come outside? They will beat her. They will teach her a punishment of, hey, you need to be with your husband. Even his permission for you to be outside is not enough. Uh, that a man's authority has to be figurative, has to be there at all times. Okay? Now, if somebody's critiquing the U.S. and the R system, think about that. Think about the sense of, hey, girl, you get to jump in your really, really cute Subaru Outback with your puppy stickers on the back of it and your hydro flask and your happy in granola bar, okay? And your little bag of Ziploc with the fruit, you know, whatever you make, the acai bowls in the morning or whatever, fruit and syrup and yeah, <laughs> all that crap. About and you go to the mountain and, and you US. get to go on a hike with your dog. And you get to take selfies with your iPhone. And you get to post on Instagram and yeah. Snapchat. And then you get to figure out finally, hey, what am I going to do with this afternoon with my friends? Yeah. And then you go home and then you... Tweet about how terrible America And you is. go home. No, no, no. And you go home and your dad is there and says, hi, how are you? How I love day? you. Nice yeah. to see you. Your dad doesn't beat you, you know, and use you as like, you know, just a tool, essentially, right? Or just a proxy. The reason that, and this is really messed up, but a reason a lot of like, and this is like hardcore religious Islamic faith, a lot of the times that the men that have women, that like have, uh, excuse me, uh, daughters, Okay, from their wives, they'll try and have as many daughters as they can so they can sell them as oh brides. Oh my god, bro. Yeah. That's how they do it. That's what the see, you know what a big deal right now in Afghanistan is? All of these little girls that they brought over in the evac operations, okay, a lot of them are still there, right? We talked yeah, about that. Yeah. But the ones, the women and the children that they brought over, okay. How many of these women and children are gonna be stable? Right? How many of these women and children are going to end up in these weird places throughout different scenarios in the gulas of New York City where you can get you know, sexually assaulted or whatever, yeah. or somewhere in the barbaric areas where they might end up dead? I'm, I'm just yeah. saying in general, right? Or like get sold as like a, a sex slave or something, like to some weird like thing. That's, so that's a conspiracy. Even, but if we, even if we were able to fix whatever problems like people have with whatever... Um, I think I put that very harsh. No, that's okay. I'm sorry to all my granola girlfriends. <laughs> well, even if even if we were able to fix whatever yeah. problem, the, my my issue is, is there's always something to complain about. You know, it's always going to be oh well, well we still didn't do this, well, we still didn't do this. We haven't wiped out every single racist in the world, so I'm still gonna 
you know, at some point you kind of have to, and you know, keep fighting for whatever cause you believe in, but at some point you have to sit back and be like, look, the world is not a pretty place. It's not. There's terrible people in the world. There are terrible people in the world. And there are terrible things being done to people around the world. There's terrible things being done to people in this country. There's hidden things that we probably don't even know about. And for you to come out, for, for people to come out and, and complain about very, very small things, I'm not talking about like, you know, racism is a very, you know, that's a, that's a very sensitive subject. Honestly, it's racism deal. is the least of my worries. Growing up, I got called a terrorist all the time just because I'm brown. Okay? Yeah. I don't have a single bit of an accent in my voice. Okay. I'm as American. My dad is a conservative. Okay. Yeah. My dad is one of three people in our neighborhood, and I live in a, uh, uh, a neighborhood right under, underneath the LDS temple mm-hmm. okay, in Draper. Nice area. Okay. One of three people that flies the American flag in front of our house. You know who the other two are? They're very, very top, top military guys. Oh, okay. One was a top general on the East Coast, and he ended up retiring about 10 years ago, and another gentleman was a EVAC Air Force. He was in Iraq. He served you guys in have Iraq. it out all the time? Huh? You guys just have it out all the time? And we have it all the time. And, like, for example, those guys, though, because they're military, they have the poles. Like, yeah. very, very... Ours is, like, a three-force one. Yeah. stands on the side of our house. But theirs Remember is a big one. Remember we went to Home Depot together? Yeah. yeah. Theirs is a big one, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but then, no, my point awesome. is this. And, and guess what? You know why my dad does it? Not because he cares about, oh, this is going to identify me as this or this. He says, I'm an American. I came here as an immigrant, yeah. a legal immigrant. Okay? I was blessed with the opportunity to come here. I came here with literally nothing. My dad had a bullet wound in his back, got beat a hundred times trying to get here, you know, ended up getting to this country, ended up getting on his feet, you know. He told me, he said, I remember he used to go, he took his girlfriend his senior year of uh, high school, okay. He took his girlfriend to McDonald's for prom, and they had a burger. And he said, my girlfriend loved it. Cute blonde girl that he took. That's how simple times were, you know what I mean? Yeah. The difference in concept. I think I think when you get to a point where there's so much well, what do we want? We want steaks at Ruth Chris Steakhouse all the time. Well when you get to a point where there's so much <laughs> freedom and so much um, privilege being put into people like here in this country where like yeah, we're like a lot of people are very blessed here. You know, of course there's there's inequalities. I'm not gonna ignore that because there definitely is. But when you get to a point where you're so blessed and you, you you're unable to see the the kind of atrocities going around the world, like you talked about women being beat in, in the Middle East, and you know That's just we've one. talked about North Korea extensively, so there's yeah. China, there's there's so many places. I mean, there's even places in Africa still where you know blood diamonds. And there's, you, guys, you remember Coney? You remember yeah. the whole deal with Coney? He was a warlord. He's an yeah. African warlord. But wait, real quick, I, I'm just still outside. Um, no, you're good. I just think. Um, when you get caught up in so much privilege and none of that's happening to you, it's regular human nature to find something to complain about. It's, it's human nature to be like, well, this is still wrong. Because everyone complains about stuff. You know? You can be the nicest guy in the world. And I'm guilty of this too. You gotta find something to complain about sometimes. Sure. You know? Sure. And, I think that's you know, interesting. You, even if you just get together with friends and you just talk shit with each other. Mm. got to find something to complain about. And I think that's just regular human nature. 
That's why I don't see. I mean, elect the most golden man in the world. We can elect Jesus as president. There's still going to be things to be complained about. So, like, I uh, that's why I get like tired of like. How am I trying to put this? I'm I'm just get tired of of seeing like on the news or like talking to friends or talk. You know, like how do we fix this? It's like, yeah, we can try our best. And by this, I mean, you know, racial issues, um, unemployment. There, flat out, there are some people that just won't get a damn job, right? They just won't get a job if you paid them so much money to do so. They, they won't. There's, there's flat out people who will just be racist forever. And shall we, you know, accept those people? No, because racists are not good people, right? But moral of my point is there's always going to be something to complain about. From now on until the end of human time. I think so. Sorry, we can talk about Tony. I was just like... No, that was... on. You took that to somewhere that was actually very, very interesting to me. Because now... So you pointed out the concept of... Of thinking something and actually doing something, right? Mm -hmm. My question, I guess, I would follow up and say is... What do you think is going to be the prevalence of justified arguments in the future is it going to be a sense of hey when a person is you know just saying like i like the color blue you like the color red somebody says blue is bad is that person trying to instigate you think or is that person just trying to negotiate talk communicate yeah. what do you think the extent of it's going to be because you know what my immediate reaction would be is screw you man blue is awesome yeah so i um I um I hear Ben Shapiro talk about this a lot. I mean, I listen to Ben sometimes, but uh, not a lot lately. But like, I've heard him talk about how this country has had it like a big problem in this country is the ability to have a conversation with each other, right? And my my I'm just gonna like kind of go back to the whole human nature part of this, right? I think historically. Like, I'm talking early, early humans, right? Hunter-gatherers. You know, we hunted, we gathered, we fought, we did, you know, human things. We develop into this civilized world where we have houses, we have a democracy, we have all this. And so, um, I heard something very interesting a while ago. Um, and this is kind of, well, so humans, human nature, it's meant to have conflict is basically what I'm trying mm -hmm. to say. It's, yeah. it's meant to, like every single animal. It's like telling a lion not to hunt. You know, it's like telling a zebra not to run from that lion when it's coming at it. So the three, the three main human um, instincts or, or human nature things that like humans are naturally prone to, prone to do. Food, sex, you guess the third one? Kill. 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 So we're civilized now. So we have turned hunting and killing and murder, literal murder, because there's psychopaths out there that kill people. Mm -hmm. We've turned murder into competition, like mm -hmm. sports, right? We're still violent when we play football. We're still violent when we fight in the UFC. Think about war. War. There's some people that, I'm not going to say like war, but they don't care if they kill somebody, you know? So... Um, my whole thing with like this, you know, trying to have a conversation and trying to do this 
there's levels to this conflict that people are going to have. Some people, yeah, they're going to take it out on playing football. Some people are going to have political debates. There has to be conflict in order to continue on with human nature or else, yeah, it'd be awesome if we can have this utopia where everyone agrees and I can walk out the door and hug my neighbor and, you know, not have a problem with anybody. I'm not going to lie. I have a lot of problems with people. I'm not a lot, but like, I have my, my conflicts with people that I've had in the past. I mean, I'm working on it. I've been better. But, like, I think human nature, we're never getting over that, that hump, ever. And especially now with this two-party system we have. I've said this before. I'm not the biggest fan of it. Um, that doesn't help. I think it is just human nature to have conflict, regardless of if it's war, a conversational conflict, you know, me okay. competing against you in a pickup basketball game gotta be conflict going back to your the state you know picking out conflict in terms of murder and, and justified or unjustified things, right? yeah naming some of them I, I mentioned war what do you think the extent of killing in terms of war pure war would be do you think that it's justified or do you think it's completely unjustified, but we make it seem justified? I think war is, and I mean, I'm not really the one to speak on this. I've never been to war. I think our servicemen and women, you know, I, I'd like to have someone come on and talk about this, but this is like me kind of reiterating, reiterating what I've heard other people say, is that we go out into the Middle East and we fight terrorists, right? We go out and we fight these, these really bad people doing bad things to other people. And when I, I, I saw this guy say something, that when he goes up and he stabs someone who's a terrorist, looks in his eyes, and that terrorist is looking back in his eyes, there's this mutual connection where that guy, where, where you know you're stabbing this guy and you know he's thinking, I'm fighting for what I think is right. It's and you're thinking, yeah. wow. you're thinking, I'm fighting for what I think is right. Wow. And this guy is going through this suffering you know, and you know, I, I can I can say I think we're right because they're the ones terrorizing people. But even if it's a terrible reason, they have a reason for it. Sure. And mostly it's because they were raised that way. Oh yeah. They were raised That's in right, this, yeah, so. you know, whole. You know, this is what we have to do. This is this is what our God or whatever has told us to do, whatever their reason is. You know, and. Is there such thing as a justified killing? Yeah, there totally is. I mean, I think rapists, I think just pure serial killers, you know, I get rid of them. I saw something on the internet. Go ahead. It was like, uh, and I don't know if this is a legit statistic, because they need to find it, but it took something about like 70 to 80%, 70 to 80% of all like convicted child molesters. Uh, child rapist, not rapist, but child rapist, get raped and beaten within 24 hours of being in prison. 80%. Oh, I don't, I don't doubt that because there's people in prison that don't put up with that. You know, because well, see, a lot that's of people the interesting in prison. Thing. Well, it, that's the interesting thing is because, like, they're there, they both did something wrong. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm just saying, like, concept of conflict right yeah one guy murders someone the other guy rapes a child yeah child rapes which one's better than the other right yeah 
I yeah I well a lot a lot of time too is, is those it's those, kind of a catch twenty two huh well those people in prison <laughs> who who see a child rapist or just someone like that come into prison a lot of those people in prison have had tough upbringings remember yeah. so yeah. a lot of those people have been through that so when they see someone and and I mean I'm not gonna I you know I'm not gonna speak extensively on this because I don't I don't I don't feel super comfortable talking about this. But, you know, rape's not, it's not pretty. Yeah. It's, it's not, it, it's a very traumatic thing. And, um, I think when, when prisoners see someone, um, come in who has done something like that and they're not okay with it, that could be a sign that could, I'm just saying it could be a sign of, they yeah. went, they have been through an experience like that in the past. Yeah, I can definitely, I can totally see you know, the psychological uh, path. Totally. That, because that downgrades even, the mind like Because that. even, you know, a lot of people who are rapists were raped themselves. Sure. And that, that's, that's statistically you know, proven too. That's, they were molested or something themselves. So, is that doesn't justify it at all. No. It's, it's yeah. a horrible, horrible horrible thing to do and it's not I mean it, it's it's terrible and I I mean I watched this documentary on Netflix it was um fuck, I don't remember it was the uh the girl she got kidnapped twice by her neighbor and like oh. she was raped and um bro it was, I couldn't I honestly I, I had to turn it off I couldn't watch the whole thing because when they got started going into the details I was like okay hey, I gotta turn this off I because I, I don't, I don't take that. I, I can't watch that and be the like Jan Brobo, uh, the Jan Broberg story. Excuse me. Let me see Abducted the, let me see in the, pain sight. Yep, yep, that's the one I'm talking about. Abducted in pain so, sight. So great film. Um, it, it's very hard to watch though. It's, it says bewildering account of one girl's kidnapping by a family friend. Yeah, so it was their neighbor. Kidnapped, confined to a tiny room, and raped. The young woman gives birth to a son. When he reaches his fifth birthday, she begins plotting an escape. Oh wow! It, I'm telling you, bro. It, it sounds interesting, but it's not easy to watch because you, you know. Oh, it's I bet a true that would story. be very tough. That would and, be. I don't know if I, I would take me to. I didn't give me to. Yeah, and like because I don't, I don't watch that stuff. Like, wow, that's interesting. I watch yeah. that as like, if you know, someone very close to me that happened to, or if that happened. Well, that's what God I was forbid, say. if I have a daughter that happened to, or if, you know, I like I'm on a civilian level. I know of someone that uh, we went to school together, and he was sexually molested when he was a kid by his stepdad yeah, yeah. for like multiple years, mm-hmm. and um, he he didn't ever tell anybody until he was older. Mm-hmm. Um, That's the thing too is there like because I have I, I know I know a fair amount of people that some things have happened to sure very close people to me sure um, it's not. An easy thing to talk about, no, and there, no, it's, it's also it's also like it's a lot easier for us to talk s- about it. The then. sad part yeah. is it, it, it it's a sense of shame too, which sure. um, I I mean I, I I hope, and I'm not one to speak on this, but if this happened to anyone, I would hope they are able to find the help they need, even though it's not easy to find the help always because you don't always want to talk about it, you know. Sorry, interrupt you. Going back to literally what I said about. 30 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Be kind to others. Look out for others. Be a good person. Do things with good intent. Okay? You never know what that person is going through. I promise you. One time I heard this, and a lot of people have heard this quote, but it said, 
if you're going through hell, why would you stop in the middle? I think I've heard that exact quote. And I hope that if resonates. If you're going through it, it, it's when you're going through hell, keep going. Yeah, when you're yeah. going through hell, keep going. There's a, there is, I promise you, there is a finish line. Everybody, you know what though? I also think though that comes in experts. Yeah. Of how it happens, like in different scenes, different times. Like, oh, you have a you know, relationship problem, you have a family problem, you have a work problem, you have kind of. Yeah. But in the sense of it, just, and that's the thing. I would love to have like a, a specialist on. Yeah. To to inform us a little bit more about the statistical background, because like obviously from a standpoint of. Sexual assault and rape. Okay. There, there's been movements, there's been legislation, there's been different things passed, right? But that's not what we're trying to discuss. We're trying to get down to the psychological and fundamental natures of it and kind of figure out what causes those type of evils within a person. What, what, I, I generally, one of the biggest questions I want to know is like, uh, you know, like the Charles Mansons of the world, the That's Osama bin Ladens yeah. of the world, you know, these terrorists, these fucking crazy people, mass shooters, things like I want to know, like, what if you could see a world through their perspective? Like, oh, what if they made a movie curious. like that? I've always, and the crazy, I don't know if this statistic's 100%. Steven Spielberg, where you at, man? I don't <laughs> know if this statistic is 100% true. Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> yeah, Steven. We gotta make a movie on this type of stuff. I know. Um, Jeez. I don't know if this statistic is 100%. True, but apparently it's like one in a hundred people are a psychopath, and so I could actually I could a hundred percent believe that there are a lot of abnormal individuals that I run into. I feel like yeah, you run into them. Sure, places. and I guess um, I don't know, man. Like that that's that's a scary statistic right there because I've definitely I definitely know a lot more than a hundred people, you know. So I don't know. Um, wow, we we went from. Utah football to, to, to this. <laughs> or I want to transition this into one other topic. And Go ahead. Yeah, I, we think, have time. We have time. I think the main topic that I want to transition into is that sense of ideal politics, like um, like merging yourself with the type of ideals and concepts and agenda that doesn't align with at all i think it starts with the misinformation but i also think it starts with differences in opinion okay so for instance like i go back to that red and blue comment I made earlier. in the terms of this you know we were just talking about rape and sexual assault if somebody's discussing that with us right and i have one perspective on it and you have one perspective Where is the, is it possible to find a middle ground on something that is bad? That's what I want to know. And in terms of that, but then in terms of like more, you know, tougher things too, like uh, uh, women, you know, like for example, when I was mentioning in like Saudi or in the Middle East or in Iran or whatever, like women can't go out in public by themselves. Like, what if those concepts and ideals were brought here? Our concepts and ideals were brought there. What do you think the world would look like? What are what are the you know what are the kind of psychological differences that would stir from thinking you have freedom versus thinking that you're completely not even a human, like you're just a belonging? Right? That's so. Like, 
when when you said about uh, finding a middle ground and things that are bad, so let's say like if we're talking about murder, what do you mean like finding a middle ground on? Could there be the possibility of saying, well, we could see the justifications for the actions here? Yeah. So like in the sense of a rapist, right? Would there, I'm not, then this is super controversial. Would there ever be, in a sense, the argument made of, oh, well, because of this person's history, this person's past, the way he was up, like, you know, yeah. things that have happened to him justified what had happened that he did to somebody else or something of that nature, right? Yeah. I'm not saying justification directly, but is there a middle, that's I, the middle I line, see what you're saying. I right? don't think. Rape, I kind of want to steer away from. Let's let's, let's say, say in the context of murder. Let's say murder, okay? Because that's that's a sensitive thing that you know I don't want to like poke any holes on that. Um, I think there already has been a middle ground. You know why? Just think of the death penalty. Mm. You know, um, example. You know, so we we catch a guy who murdered someone. We're like that was wrong. We sentence him to death. We're killing him justifyingly, though, because he murdered Because someone. he murdered somebody out of there. And everyone else is okay with it. There were people outside of Ted That's Bundy's... That's exactly what I'm saying. Ted yeah. Bundy's execution. There were people outside cheering and screaming, like, yeah, he's finally gone, you know? Everyone was happy when Ted Bundy was executed. I don't know anyone that was... You know, when Osama bin Laden was shot. Yeah. I don't recall anyone crying about that. Yeah. So, I think there already has been a middle ground when it comes to murder, at least. You know, we want to talk about stealing something less, you know, less gruesome. Just, you know, robbing a store. Maybe that person was homeless. Maybe that person had no other path. Maybe that person's father was part of something like, you know, what was a yeah. thief. Maybe the that background of it. Yeah. You know, maybe that person, that's all he knew growing up. He didn't, he was never told, you know, just go get a job. Just go work couple hours a day you can make your own money and just go buy the thing he's never told that so um, I think there are middle grounds already um, and that you know that's an interesting thing, thing to think about and uh, that's why like drugs are like a big um, are a big topic for me like uh, I am totally against taking someone who, let's say, you know, cops are, find a guy outside with possession of meth, and that's all he's done. Hasn't murdered anyone. Hasn't stolen anything. He's just got some meth on him. They're going to take that guy and throw him in prison with a bunch of rapists, with a bunch of murderers. Something that this guy needs help with, because clearly he was steered down a wrong path. Maybe he had a good upbringing, but he made some bad friends. Maybe he had a terrible upbringing, and that's all he knew. Maybe his mom wasn't that head, you know? I think it's terrible to take someone going through a drug problem and put them in prison. I think that's the worst thing you can do. Because, I mean, you're stupid if you don't think there's drugs flowing through prison. You're stupid if you don't think that. There's so much, there's, there's people have cell phones in prison now, you know? So, like, yeah. I'm, it, it, it's... You know, I'm more for taking those people, even if it costs a little bit more money, which here's my problem, too. We are wasting 
American tax tax yeah. dollars like like up the ass. I'm sorry, like it's we're taking them and putting them towards bullshit. You know, we put American tax dollars through three things: the pockets of corrupt, greedy politicians, and the stupid wars that fuel more business for those corrupt politicians. Yep. And unfortunately, the last one. Sometimes you get new roads. Sometimes. <laughs> Which it sucks, man. They're only doing construction. Bro, this is that's at a state level. Though. That's there what I'm saying. No like, like, on like, that. let's let's say roads. What are you gonna do? Like, <laughs> I I just hope people are aware. Our tax dollars are going in the pockets of, uh, like, of our politicians. Hundred percent. Obviously, like that's how they get paid, right? By just the government. But it's an extensive amount of money that shouldn't even. Like, how is Joe tax, Biden worth 130 million dollars? Tax is the the rent you pay for your life. You want to tell me how Joe Biden's worth a hundred million dollars? You want to tell me how Pelosi has eighty million dollars? The Bushes have so much money. You want to tell me like I'm? I just want explain you guys. I want you to be aware of this. Explain this. Yeah, hundred percent. Explain. This and you thing. can you can real quick. Sorry, but you can say I'm going off right now. But you can say <laughs> you made my boy mad. <laughs> you you can say yeah. And I'm not the biggest Trumper in the world. There's things he does that I disagree with. But you can say. You know, Donald Trump has billions of dollars. He made that shit before. You know, he made, like, like when, when we have politicians like Obama, like, like the Bushes, like anyone really, anyone really at the federal level of we're politics, taxpayer anyone at the federal level of politics yep. getting an ungodly amount of money yep. after, they're, after they've been elected into their role, and you're too blind to see where that's coming from. It's just coming right out of your pocket, and they're not helping you at all with it. So, sorry. No, to, piggy, to piggyback off of what you just said, I think this is the funnier part. Do you really, really think that the IRS is going to go after a very wealthy elite? No. That's why they come <laughs> after you and me. Yeah. That's why when you don't pay your taxes, they'll be at your doorstep. They repo your car. That's how they control the system. Yeah. But I'm interested to see what's going to happen within the next couple of years. I mean, we, we talked about a, a plethora of topics here. And more than anything, like I said, the reason we talk about so many different topics is because we want to get engaged. That's kind of our mm -hmm. number one thing. And um the more engagement we get, the more understanding we have, the more education we get, and the more knowledge we get. Uh, and so with that being said, I literally always love to be told that I'm wrong. But tell me I'm wrong and then back it up. And then back it up. Yeah. Tell me that you're wrong because of this or your statistics wrong because of this. So, and we talked about some very controversial things. We today. want people to come on. We, we really do. We want people to be feeling open and generally, you know, share what that's on their mind. But when we talk about these conversations, we want people to know it's out of a place of love and safety and, and respect. We're not, you know, we're not, you know, putting these topics out there to be controversial in the sense of a negative aspect. Uh, and I think I want to put that distinction out there. Um, but with that being said, our topics are always fun. <laughs> They're very, very different. You're not going to ever get, you know, to listen to six topics in one and call it wow i was no, actually be, informed might be a lot but yeah <laughs> i was actually informed let's go watch some football today though let's Sorry. go clemson <laughs> yeah. go i mean i don't really care who wins i just want to see good games 
be sick yeah, if Georgia I'll, beat Clemson. Let's just put it this way, though, because Oregon, Fresno, Lafayette Air Force, Miami, Cincinnati, Rice, Arkansas, Wait, Miami, Miami, Ohio, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, West Virginia, Maryland. So Bama and Miami, Florida. Yeah, but the game that I really also want to watch on the back burner too, because that and Clemson I got out of my top low key. Baylor and Texas State, Louisiana and Texas. Dude, that's going to be a good game too. Louisiana is actually a very good team, and I don't think Texas should sleep on them. They're 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 not a Power Five team right now, but they're they're a good team. They got some dogs. We'll see what happens. Texas might whoop their ass, but we'll see what happens. That'll be interesting. I'll be interesting. And then you and then you mentioned, oh, I mean BYU and Arizona play today, and then you said BYU and Utah play uh, next week. Yeah. Okay. During festival again, September 10th to the 12th, come to the Greek <laughs> festival. Come watch us dance. Friday, well, Mesh isn't dancing, but come watch us dance. You'll see Friday, me dance Saturday, and Sunday. Saturday, we dance five times. Come Saturday night. It's a crazy night. A bunch of drinking, dancing, food, just loud music. It's a, it's a big venue. It's nothing like this tiny little... You know, your mom and pa festival. It's a big venue. It's going to be a lot of It ain't no backyard barbecue cook. It's going to be a lot of fun. But other than that, um, Mesh has a brother to go pick up for a haircut. So (laughs) this was fun today, buddy. Um, We'll we'll see about next week. We may not have one next week. Maybe we'll try to get one in during the week, but we'll see. We might be live from festival. Who knows? We might do a short version. (laughs) No, seriously. So we'll see what's going on. Could be fun. Um, But yeah, no. Today was fun. Um, Thanks. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, See, we're getting actually a couple more listeners. So um, we genuinely appreciate it. Yeah, we're gonna throw an Instagram page on. Yeah, be looking out for things that are coming up, especially these next couple weeks. Um, Yeah. Especially from the sense of Instagram page, being able to contact us directly. Yeah. Being able to get onto the show. Yeah. You know, um, and talk about some of your personal, you know, stories, ideals, you know. Yeah. It's going to totally. be a good time. Well, yep. Thanks again for tuning in, and we will see you in the near future. Peace, everyone.